where we focus on being Christian men, how to grow in our faith, our strengths, our brotherhood, and our community. We are your hosts, Michael and Evan, and we are joined today once again by our good friend, Kyle. Welcome, Kyle. Hey, hey. Good to be back, guys. Good to be back. Welcome back. And uh, we're going to talk today about... About uh, uh, something that's very common, especially in men, and men don't want to talk about it. Right. But Um, today we're going to make it very uh, common. We're going to try to make it... The whole conversation, we want it to be known that men could talk about this kind of stuff, and it's it's depression and anxiety. Yes, sir. So, where do we start? That's a that's a huge. What topic. is what is anxiety and depression? What is uh, anxiety and depression? Well, there's two ways of looking at it. There's uh, kind of a chronic illness of it, and then the feeling itself, right? So, you know, a girl breaks up with you. You know, you're gonna be depressed, right? right. There's going to be that sadness and, and whatnot, that overwhelming sadness that you can't escape from until you get over it, and et cetera. Uh, so there's a chronic version that goes along with it, and it just kind of happens for no reason. Yeah, um, yeah. And yeah. Very emotional creatures, for sure. Exactly. Even um, men. No, Even men. No cause of it. It could be triggered by any number of things, and you may not know what those triggers are. Um, and anxiety is the same way. So, you know, your boss wants to see you after work. Uh, probably, you know, through your mind, I'm getting fired. I don't want to wait. Yeah. I don't want to wait. A thousand questions. Uh, thousand is this going to be good? Is this going to be bad? What did I do? Uh, you know, that kind of stuff is anxiety, right? And then it has its chronic uh, version too. Like constantly worrying about things that are not even remotely in your control. And you can't do anything about it. It's just happening all the time. Yep. Uh, over 60% of everybody deals with it at some point in their life. Mm-hmm. So it's very common, and we should make it like a, a regular thing that we talk about, too, because yeah. some people are struggling in the dark, that they don't yes. want to talk about it. And that's what is scary, because mm-hmm. in isolation, it could get pretty bad. Yeah. I feel like that 60% is probably 60% that admit to it, and 40% right. that are just like, yeah, no, I, I've never had that. Nope. Yeah, how, how, how many men don't do that? Perf, perfect life. Never yeah. never had a struggle. We're good. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, a lot of men are like, yeah, I don't, no, that's not me. I don't deal yeah. with all that. You know, it's kind of like pride. People, yeah. you, know, you don't want people to know that I, you're dealing with that. I can guarantee 100% of guys have dealt with anxiety or depression at some point. Oh, yeah. They may yeah. not have the chronic part right. of it, but they have dealt with it at some point. Pride and, rep, uh, what is that? Uh a lot of pride in men yeah. and they want to think highly of themselves and they want others to think highly of them. Right. So of course anxiety goes right hand in hand with that too. Yeah. And then if no one gets that standard right, then depression yeah. comes and you're like, man, people don't like me. Yeah. You can think of like a, a death in the family, right? Who's, who's the one that everybody mostly leans on, right? The, yeah. the guy's got to be strong. The dad's got to be strong. We all, we, he's going to be the one that keeps it together and keeps everybody moving in the right direction, all that good stuff. Meanwhile, he is broken yeah, and can't talk about it. So he yeah. needs an escape. So we need to start talking amongst ourselves, too, because it's important for him to be a rock. Oh, right? yeah. Oh, yeah. We can't take that away. It, it, but we, we do, on, on that way of thinking, we do build up some type of stigma yeah. on this, on that guys should deal with it in the dark, that we shouldn't be talking about it. Yes, it's good to be a rock, especially for other people. Yeah. Um, 
but then also show them too, like, Hey, I'm, I'm hurting too, Yeah. but it's okay. We, we can move on, you know, especially if you're a believer, like, Hey, I got Jesus. Let me share Jesus with you. And, uh, we can move on from this. I think it's important to, to distinguish too, like in saying that the man has to be a rock, like the man has to be solid. I feel like it brings that stigma of like, the man has to stand up the whole time. He can't kind of fall down. Like he can't show the emotion himself. I feel like is almost attached to that. Um, and I think it's important to remember the shortest verse in the Bible, like Jesus wept. Um, Mm -hmm. that's, and I, I feel like so many times, like as men in culture, we're taught, no, don't, don't cry. Like you're, you're not allowed to show emotion. You're not allowed to, um, be that. And I think that's, that in being that rock, it's important to be able to show that emotion that you're, you're not okay. Um, although like you're gonna do everything you can to get whoever through it. Like you're gonna be there the whole time. Like, and you're gonna be strong. You're gonna stand tall at the same time. You're gonna show emotion because you're demonstrating healthy habits. Like you're demonstrating what it means to healthily grieve. Yeah. hundred percent. Like, yeah, from my, my perspective, like, uh, think of uh, think of yourself as a kid, and maybe mom or grandma or something passed away, um, and and you're leaning on your dad, and you're grieving, you're crying like crazy, and your dad's standing there emotionless. That's probably gonna be more upsetting to you because you're gonna feel like he doesn't care, like yeah, right, whatever. Yeah. You know, you gotta grieve too. You gotta you gotta show your support, but you also gotta be that one as you said, that, that says, Hey, you know, Jesus says this, the Bible says this, uh, and, and this too shall pass. Mm -hmm. And I think, I think there's an importance too in, in being able to hold yourself together. Like you shouldn't be like falling apart on, on your child. (laughs) Right. Right. Like there's, there's, uh, there's two extremes to this. You shouldn't be like emotionally completely breaking down and having your child like be the one that like has to lift you up. So exactly. I, I want to make that clear too. Like we're not talking about like uncontrollable <laughs> sobbing into your four year old. Bo- both chest. extremes <laughs> there. Yeah. yeah. But exactly. also we're not talking about like what you said. Like you, you shouldn't be standing up like, oh, this is fine. <laughs> buck, buck up, son. Yeah. <laughs> buck up. Yeah. And, and let's let's be honest too. How many how many of us had an, like another guy like say, you know, I I cried over that, or they are crying in that current moment and you do not think about them any other way other than maybe even more higher you're like wow that guy's he's got a lot of courage to show his real feelings like, yeah i doubt it anyone's gonna think lower of mm-hmm. that person yeah 100 percent. i mean i personally have uh the chronic versions of both um just randomly get hit with depression um and uh randomly get hit with anxiety um even when something's not yeah, going yeah. on. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and half the time they come together. Um, anxiety comes most. Um, anxiety for me is really, really bad, um, which is why I work all the time. And yeah, you're a workaholic, yeah. Actually do something with my thoughts as opposed to just letting them run wild. Um, but uh, when it hits, it gets bad. It gets real bad. Um, you know, and I keep a journal and all kinds of stuff, and I mostly keep it all to myself, but... Um, since I've been a believer, uh, um, 
I have been praying a lot with it too and, and confiding and consoling with Jesus in, in my prayers and whatnot. It absolutely helps uh, get me through that. But like most people, especially in the Christian religion, I feel they don't believe that it is just a thing, right? Um, like anxiety. Like most people think about it as worrying, right? Yeah. Um, well, stop worrying. In the Bible, it says, don't worry. <laughs> yeah. Right? Uh, so I get that a lot, too. Like, I have no option. <laughs> like, it's it's just going to happen. Like, yep. I have no control. Like, good luck. But I, I will pray about it. But, um, yeah, yeah I, I, this one, this, this topic is definitely very, very important to me because it is something that we deal with. And most of the time, it's un- we can't control it. So what do we do? Right. Because it's going to happen. It's, it's natural. Yeah. So you said you write a journal mm-hmm. and you pray. So, but before you weren't a believer. And if you want to hear Michael's story, check out his testimony. Mm-hmm. But um, before you were a believer, how do you deal with it then? <laughs> a lot of drinking, uh, drugs. Um, I, I've been keeping a journal since I was a kid and whatnot. So I've, I've always written, um, down all my thoughts and whatnot. Um, blogging, stuff like that, going online, finding support groups, suicide hotline, like getting it out. Yeah. Some, somehow, some way, just getting those thoughts out and yeah, getting support. Did, Did that help? Uh, sometimes, sometimes journaling definitely, um, kept things moving, made, made my thoughts real and, and what wasn't just to myself anymore cause they were on paper. Um, and then, uh, then I was able to kind of deal with it and go through each one of those thoughts and feelings. Um, what about the, uh, drinking and the other that stuff? That never helped. No, made it a lot <laughs> that, worse, huh? That never helped. Yeah. It, you know, fights broke out, all that good stuff. Like it, it just increases your irritability. Like you may forget that you have anxiety, but it's still there. Mm. Right? <laughs> like, so drinking yeah. away emotions, not a good idea. Not a good okay. idea. Good. I'm writing that idea. down. <laughs> <laughs> not a good idea. <laughs> Breaking yeah. new ground today. <laughs> yeah, but we, we do think that, that sometimes, right? Mm-hmm. We like, oh, I'm, let me get a drink. It could ease me. But you're yeah. saying like that irritability is, is, is there. It's mm-hmm. not going to go away. You, you have yeah. to deal with the, the root problem. It's going to, it's going to, what it'll do is it'll take kind of the edge off of it. Right. So yeah. if you drink, it'll take the edge off of like the depression, but it's still there. The anxiety is still there. If you drink, not having the edge means that you're not thinking about it or controlling it. Mm-hmm. So if somebody comes up to you and you have like some, brawl or maybe they were looking at your girlfriend or wife or whatever you have no control anymore and you're you're irritable already that that depression that anxiety has already eaten at you already you have no room for mm. for or tolerance for any of those situations so yeah drinking not a good idea drugs not a good idea yeah uh, you're not like you said you're it might ease but at the same time that problem is still there mm. got to deal with the root problem and it's just going to get worse because right now you're just ignoring it mm-hmm. at that point. And it's going to affect everybody around you. Yeah. I'll definitely say talk about it is the, the best thing to do. Like uh, uh, on Monday, 
sorry, uh, over the weekend, a little girl died. Mm. Um, 12-year-old girl, about 12, 12-ish. Um, close family friend of uh, Shannon and I. She committed suicide um, caused by bullying, right? Her, her depression was caused by bullying. Uh, her funeral was on Tuesday. I worked all week. Um, every single time <laughs> somebody says, hey, how are you doing? Which is a very common thing at work, especially mm-hmm. when you have many, many meetings. Everybody got the update. <laughs> every single person heard how I was doing. Um, mm. I, I just, since, uh, since I became a believer, um, actually OM did this to me. Um, uh, he, he pushes people to, to be honest about how they're doing. Um, and since I met him, I've been honest about how I'm doing and people either stop asking or they're genuinely concerned. And I've learned over time. That's okay. Just being open and honest is absolutely okay. Yeah, like like some people need that, yeah. and for you to say, "Hey, I want this to be a common practice mm-hmm. um, around me. I want everyone to know that I'm setting this uh, the standard of saying, "Hey, I want to be honest when I'm not doing okay." Yeah. So you'll know if I'm, you know, acting up. Yeah, it's not like it's you. I'm I'm dealing with something. I'll apologize, but yes, I'm dealing with something. Mm-hmm. It's good. How about you guys? Yeah, so I think uh, I joked about the alcohol thing, but um, that was a huge thing of mine. Like, I was like, yeah, we'll just drink it away. We'll get completely Mm -hmm. blacked out. And then uh, I don't don't know what the thought process. I don't don't fully remember. There might, there probably wasn't much of a thought process behind it. It was just like, yeah, no, we'll get blackout drunk. It'll be, it'll be better. (laughs) And it was better while I was blacked out drunk because I don't remember anything. Mm -hmm. Probably couldn't tell you my name. Um, but then after you wake up and you feel like crap and you're, you have all the same things, nothing's changed except now you have a hangover or you just feel beat up or whatever, whatever. You probably caused more issues too. Right. I don't even, (laughs) I was was a mess when I I was a mess when I was sober at that point. So when I was drunk, it was funny. It was, I was belligerent when I was sober. Um, when I was younger. So when I was drunk, I got more belligerent. <laughs> I remember there was one time that I, I almost, um, like got myself jumped basically. And there were, there were four kids that had kind of surrounded me and, um, that did not stop me in any way, shape or form from talking trash. And like, I, it was a miracle that I didn't get jumped that, <laughs> that night. And like, it was the funny part was like, at that point, like I wanted it. I was like, when I, I was like, I'll take care of this when I'm sober. Basically <laughs> was my thought process. I was like, I was like, once I'm sober, I'll be able to get back at them. But like, but like now they're going to jump me. And I'm just going to deal with that for now. Oh, no. yeah, yes. Hot, hot mess. Um, but that was, that was definitely, I wouldn't say before Christ, but before I had a relationship with Jesus. Um, and, um, now um it's dramatically different like i i talk to people i um i do my best not to isolate um i journal as well like i i get my thoughts down on paper um i pray there's there's a lot i have a myriad of what of ways to handle it and i think that is so incredibly helpful to have like a toolbox um mm-hmm. that isn't just go to the liquor cabinet because <laughs> um, yeah. that is not a tool at all it's not helpful. 
Yeah, I, th- I think a lot of guys would rather not think at all yeah. than to think about the problems that they have, um, which doesn't solve anything. No. It really doesn't. Mm-hmm. You, you think you're, you're going to have a good time by not thinking about anything at all. You're like, I'm just going to drown myself in TV or this drink or whatever it is. But the problem's still there. Yeah. It, it's good to discuss it with somebody, to get empathy from somebody. And, hey, who knows, maybe they have a solution. Maybe mm-hmm. you'll come up with a solution, you know, while you're talking about it. But to to make it aware, like you were saying, that you don't go to isolation. You talk to people. Um, do you all have wise counsel around you all? Do you all have, like, good friends? You call up and, like, hey, you want to get a bite of pizza? I want to talk. No. No? <laughs> no, no. Not what about your wife? Anyway. Um, oftentimes she has depression, too. Um, and sometimes those things happen at the same time. Uh, so if we get depression at the same time, usually we're having marital issues, uh, cause yeah. we're, you know, part of marriage is talking to each other and communication. And when one's not communicating, usually there's a problem, uh, it causes problems. And then when both aren't communicating, it's awful. Right. Um, so, I mean, we talk to each other when we're at least one of us is in, in a good state, or we lean on each other when we're in a good state, but you know we we do need that outside uh, bit to to help us through things and and whatnot. Uh, while I do say no now, I am working on getting a, a regular therapist and all that good stuff. Like uh, okay, and and if you don't have one and need one, you can look at your um, insurance through your company or, or whatever. And oftentimes they have uh, therapy options, um, even like some uh, the place that I work at. We have teletherapy, so you don't even have to leave your house. If you just need someone to talk to, like a, a, a actual licensed therapist to talk to, you can call them up, make an appointment, talk to them over the phone, wash your hands of it. Now yeah. you've got it out. Yeah, it sounds very easy, yeah. too. Absolutely. Very accessible. So uh, I'm going down that route right now. Good. That's and good. I think, I think it's important, like what you said before, like um, you talked about suicide hotlines, mm-hmm. and I just want to touch on that real quick because that's... I think so important, like so many people just hold it in. And I think in a lot of ways, that's where like a lot of suicides will come from. Like just they don't get it out and they don't, for whatever reason, feel like they're worth it. And they feel like it would just be better if they just weren't, um, just weren't here anymore. And I think getting it out is so important. Like Evan, you talked about like solutions and the possible solutions. Sometimes the solution is just being heard by someone, just knowing that, one other person cares, even if it's a complete stranger. Um, there was, um, this guy, I think I heard this on a radio station. Um, but there was this guy that lived, um, he lived, I think it was on a mountain. So he had like this really cool mountain view, but the problem with living there was people would walk to right where he lived and they would jump off the mountain. It was a common spot for suicides. So in like, instead of just like watching this happen, he would go out and be like, Hey, they, do you want to talk? Can we talk or just something? And I forget, they gave a stat on the amount of lives he saved. And mm. it was, I forget what the number was. And I don't want to like randomly throw flippantly throw a number out there, but like, it was incredible. Just the amount of people he saved by just talking to them. And I'm, I'm sure when I say talking to them, I'm sure it was more listening and just hearing what they had going on. So I think on the other side of this of this uh, talk is 
how are we listening to people? Like, are we hearing mm. people out? Like if, if someone like Mike comes up to, not someone like Mike, but if someone does what Mike does and says, I'm doing awful, are we like, oh, okay. <laughs> is, yeah. it, is that how we respond to that? Or are we like, what's going on with you? Like, why, why are you struggling? Like, why, why are you upset? Like, talk to me. I'm here. Mm-hmm. Um, cause I think people need that so much. And, um, also like, um, I'm a big listener of like K love and air one, the radio stations, and they have prayer hotlines. Oh yeah. 24 oh, seven. Yeah. So you could call about prayer all the time. And like, that's something where like, if you don't have a therapist or someone to talk to, you could just, Hey, like just let them know what you're going through and they'd be happy to pray for you. And I'm sure they'd be great listeners. I haven't tried it myself. Um, but they advertise but, it a lot. The, they yeah. they advertise that they have counselors and pastors just a phone call away. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's very helpful. Like you're saying, like just listening. You know, when when somebody just gets it out, it's like almost they can at least breathe. Yeah. And be like, all mm-hmm. right, I, I got that out. Like that person didn't have to say anything to me. They I'm glad they didn't have a solution because I just needed to get it out. Right. You know, my my wife does that and I'm always like <laughs> triggered <guys>. with like <laughs> Uh, uh, a solution already. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm already fire away, you know. Babe, do this. She's like, just. I and don't she's like, I already thought that. I just want you to listen, you know. And they forget that, like how powerful just listening is. Yeah, it's amazing. Yeah. And if I, uh, I brought it up, just like and uh, uh, give it. But the uh, phone number for the suicide hotline is one eight hundred two seven three talk or eight two five five. They actually made it easier to call. On top of that. Nine eight eight, so just like nine one one, if you an emergency kind of thing, like nine eight eight is the short number for the the hotline. You know, the anxiety and depression has been skyrocketing since COVID. Oh, a lot God. of people have been at yeah. home quarantined. You know, a lot of people lost mm-hmm. their job. Uh, a lot of life changing decisions have been made. Stuff like that. You know, it's. It's very common now. Mm-hmm. And just to reiterate that you're not alone. Right. I mean, even believers go through this. Yeah. And, and to, to go back on the don't be anxious right. part, Paul says that in Philippians. And he's writing in prison. Not, I'm not saying like he's, he's telling us, don't ever be anxious. But he's, I think he's reminding us, hey, just don't be anxious. It's okay. Like, yeah. Because it's going to happen. So exactly. this is just a reminder, like rely back on God, go back to God's word. So it's a natural feeling. Things happen, especially the economy is like crazy right now. So just talk to somebody. Yeah. Someone's always there to listen. And that full verse, that's, that's one of my verses that I, I prepared for today. Um, it, it is Philippians 4, 6. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanks, thanksgiving, let your request be made known to God. Like instead of being anxious or, or drowning in your anxiety, I'll, I'll put it that way. Instead of drowning in your anxiety, cause you can't just stop it. Pray, let God know that. You are anxious. Let them know that you want it to be taken away. Let them know what you're anxious about. Let them know your thoughts and and be thankful for the stuff that he has given you and start naming them off. That's that's one of the things that I do too is like just 
I'm thankful for this. I'm thankful for that. Um, Mm -hmm. you know, thank you for doing all this stuff in my life. Thank you for my wife. Thank you, you know, going through those things. And soon it'll take the, the depression, right? The depression is the first to get a little bit lighter once you start putting some of that negative energy into positiveness. Like you just have to force yourself to pray, which is extremely hard Mind you, I'm not saying oh, it's yeah. easy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like you <laughs> don't want means. to do it, right? <laughs> but it's good to do yeah, it. Yeah, exactly. Um, and then ask them to take some of that stuff away. Ask them to solve the stuff that you're anxious about. Like I oftentimes talk about money. Um, you know, pray. Let them know that you want more money. Let them know what you want money to do. Let them know why and be honest because he actually knows. Uh, yeah. <laughs> right. right you're not fooling him <laughs> but you know just let it out and and oftentimes just again having someone to talk to that could be all you need is just prayer mm-hmm. but it's not gonna you know it, it's not gonna go away by itself you, you have to do something right and yeah I think- going back to uh praying to god is omniscient he knows everything yeah he knows exactly what you're going through but he's there with you. And, and all he wants is for, for you to talk to him. Mm-hmm. Like, talk to me about it. I want, like, if you're mad, bring it out on me. Like, let's talk. Like, I'm here for you. I'm your father. You're my child. I want you to talk to me. Yeah. I think, I think it's so important, too, to, um, so many times we, as Christians, do this. Um, I'm definitely using the we to throw myself under the bus to it, because I'm sure <laughs> I've done it. Um, hundred percent sure i can't think of a specific time right now but i know i've done it um where we take a scripture throw it out of context and oh yeah like like someone was saying to you like don't don't worry the bible says don't worry (laughs) it's it's super flippant to do with um with the word of god and like you're not taking all of scripture into account like if we're saying don't worry on one hand then what are 90 I don't have an exact number but like what are 90% of the psalms about like half of it's about like David and his struggles like Mm -hmm. God help me there's people chasing me that are trying to kill me help help SOS I'm anxious (laughs) I'm scared help like text messages (laughs) SOS (laughs) yeah like if David was a texter and like God was on the other side and be like SOS God help again please (laughs) I know (laughs) third time this week help (laughs) Um, and like, it just to say, don't be anxious. And then, um, at the same time compared to that, it's like, okay, well, what do we do? Should we be like David and, um, and bring our struggles to God or should we just not be anxious at all? Cause I feel like if we're just saying, don't be anxious, that that's like that, uh, that guy that we talked about before the dad, who's just rock solid and buck up, son. We, we don't get anxious around here. Right. Just shrug your shoulders and don't care about anything. We're that's humans. What... We don't have emotions. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Uh, which leads me to my, you're giving me all the segues. Let's go. Uh, Psalms 94, 19. Uh, when the cares of my heart are many, your consolations cheer my soul. Mm. So it, like, That's we amazing. all have those cares. We all have those issues and, and consoling in each other uh, will help you. Absolutely. Yeah. That's really good. What, what are things that, we should not do. I mean, I know we kind of talked about some of the things that we used to do and we can name some of those off. Um, do we have any more that some of the things that we should just not do? Like for, for instance, with me, uh, when I have dealt with depression, when I was a teenager, I mean, it was kind of 
self-afflicted. Like I was, I was in sin. I was, I was really bad in sin and I hated myself. And so I fell into a, a depression and was kind of masked. But, um, when I was depressed, I would listen to like really sad music, Mm -hmm. like just to like drive it even further Mm -hmm. into it or movies or something like that. Um, I would want that whatever I'm feeling, I wanted, I wanted to hear it. Right. You know? So, well, I mean the obvious too is drinking and drugs, right? Like do not help. Um, but what you were just talking about, like sharing it, can be helpful to others. Mm-hmm. Like I, I won't ever say don't do it because I mean, while it could be bad for one, um, like try it, see if it helps. If it doesn't help, stop it. But <laughs> stop doing it. But if it is helpful to hear someone else going through what you're going through, just like Psalms ninety four nineteen, like the consolations, being able to share it is helpful. Um, so if that helps you then by all means do it. But, um, I would think ignoring it would be my third, yeah. uh, like yeah. right after drinking drugs, um, ignoring it and, and just cause you're not dealing with it'll the problem away by itself. Yeah. You're not dealing with the problem. You're not, you know, even, even trying to, um, get rid of other things that you think is, and it's not the root problem right like we need to identify what is the root problem Mm -hmm. like for me it was like all right i'm in sin like throughout my whole entire day i just care about myself that's that's the that's the root issue root issues i didn't have christ but um that would come later but i I would care about myself all that's all i thought about and then at the end of the day i hated myself so i had to figure out like that's my motive is to please myself all day every day I agree. That would be number four to me. Like, uh, um, <laughs> yeah. Just, just keep doing what you're doing. Like, outside of ignoring, like, for example, if the problem is caused by a girl going out and having sex and being more sinful and all that good stuff, that's just going to add to it, add yeah. to your misery. It's not her. I'm doing stupid stuff. Right. It's just gonna pile on the sin that you're now depressed about, and then you'll be even more depressed because you're doing more things to be depressed about like causing more issues yeah Yeah. just pile it on that so basically just doing the same thing over and over again doing the same exact thing that caused or helped cause the depression in the first place yeah i've got um so i would say kind of like you did um just don't hold it in um my i think my two biggest ones that i would say over and over again are do not hold it in and because it's it's gonna come i'm a firm believer that it's gonna come out it's just how it comes out. And if you hold it in, I feel like it's going to be real, real ugly when it comes yeah. out and you're not going to be able to control it. Whereas like if you get it in the smaller parts, like it's easier to, to get it out in little things that, that hopefully could be healthy and not severely damaging to relationships and other people. Um, besides that, I would say do not isolate like that. I think that was one of my biggest issues that that's probably number one for me. And I would just say it over and over. Do not isolate, like do not try and do this alone. Um, I think over and over in scripture, like, and I've seen it in my own life, like we are not meant to do this life alone. Like it should not be done alone. Like 
if you think you're just going to get through this life your, yourself without help from others, like you're, you're severely mistaken. Like yeah. it, you ju- you need help sometimes. And I, I think there's a stigma about that and it's just not true at all. Like we need help in this life. We don't need to act like we've got it all together. Cause I've never met anyone who did. <laughs> right. Yeah. I think you just changed my number one. So yeah, that's a hundred percent. 100%. That is no, number one th- uh, thing is don't do it alone. If you need help, like we've been saying this whole time, if you need help, console in a fellow brother, like, you know, sh- show people you're grieving, answer the question, how you're doing with the honest answer and, and going through and, and um, you know, the, the suicide hotlines, the therapy hotlines, all that good stuff. They're all there for a reason because uh, you're not supposed to do it alone. 100%. All right. yeah. Yeah, I think another one is like uh, indulging in like social media. Mm. Like you got like <laughs> you got like Instagram and Facebook that like people are like posting their like great life, their right? They're on their beach or on the on the mountain or whatever, and um, we can get really sucked into that and saying, "Well, look at them, look at them like enjoying their life," and I'm over here, you know, scrolling on Facebook for five hours at night, mm-hmm. you know, not sleeping, you know, all this stuff and we're coveting to other people's life. And in reality, you just saw like a glimpse in their life. And that was probably a repost from like years ago, you know? So (laughs) not to mention they were probably just smiling for the camera and they were really yelling at each other at the same time. Right. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I freaking hate social media. I can't stand it. That is the (laughs) worst place to go to consoling people. Um, But that feeds that standard like super high up. It, it's awful. It's an awful place to do all of it. Yeah. Like, I, I hate it. I, I don't have any social media on my phone at all whatsoever. Like, I don't go onto it on my computers or anything anymore. Like, I do not. Oh, like that's why you ignore me. That's right. Okay. <laughs> I was like, man, this guy just didn't want to talk to me. Everyone was like, why doesn't Mike talk to me? Yeah. So we were friends. Yeah. The, the only activity I have on Facebook are the posts that my wife tagged me in. Like, I'm... I'm over it. I do not like it. It, it, It's a place where people are as trashy as they think they should or can be. And it's just awful. I'm tired of defending people. That's what I end up doing. I end up going on there and scroll. And all of a sudden I see this nice post or, or somebody coming out or coming clean about something or like uh, Chrissy Teigen, right? Oh, uh, yeah. Admitting she had an abortion, all that good stuff. And as soon as you see that, the comments are atrocious. Yeah. Mm. And I can't do it. Like, I can't. <laughs> I can't do it. Um, and that goes with the bullying thing. With the, you know, I absolutely hate that about us and, and the digital age. We feel that that's acceptable because we don't actually have to see these people face to face and we can get out our true feelings about the situation. Um, yeah. Half th- the time it's not even true. Yeah. I, th- I think that's a, that's a whole nother topic of like why people bully or belittle others um, to make them feel, feel better. Maybe exactly. they're, they're missing something, but um, that can go on for, that conversation go on for a long time. Yeah. But, um, I I believe social media puts out super high standards where that's, that should be our life, Mm -hmm. right? We should be in galas or on the beach or on the mountain and like 
that's that's not true right i, I do i do want to um put this a little bit more out there um with in regards to social media um I don't think it's right to fully blame social media because at the end of the day, it's us. It's how we use social media. It's how it's used. Mm -hmm. Um, And I just want to say like, um, I've heard it said before, like um, guns don't kill people. People Mm -hmm. kill people. (laughs) Like putting Facebook as if it's the problem. The problem is us. Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Overall. And yeah, I know we weren't saying anything to the opposite, but I just want to, be clear yeah. as far as like it's the, the issue is not Facebook. The issue is how Facebook is used. And like we're saying, like it's just over and over again, like people misusing this type of social media and looking to it as the standard for what people's lives maybe should look like in their minds. Or um, this is an opportunity to tear down someone that um, that has clearly done wrong in in my eyes or whatever the case may be. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I'm I'm one of the first to to post that I am on the beach, you know. Or, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> hey, look at look at uh, my daughter did this, or you know, you know something funny. Um, but in in your depression, in that dark space, and if you're looking at Facebook and Instagram, I do believe we're already in the wrong way of thinking. Mm-hmm. And I, I I think they they understand how people think, so that's why they're they market. Um, but, uh, it's the coveting, it's the, well, look at what they have, you know, type Mm -hmm. thing. It's, it's that negative thinking that it gets toxic. Yeah. That itself isn't a sin or, or anything toxic, but we make it that way. Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. yeah, I would, if, if you're in that depression, anxiety, just stay off social media for a few days and see if that helps. hundred percent. And, and, as a software engineer, I will say that, yes, the technology behind social media is awesome. <laughs> um, and, and it is how we use it. And, and I don't mean it as like social media itself is bad. It is absolutely how we use it. Um, but there are algorithms in social oh, yeah. media that make it worse. Yeah. And, and that, I would say, is shame on them. Yeah. Um, but it's also how they make money. Like, uh, you know, they're marketing algorithms that produce, uh, more followers for X people or the X people with the most followers are going to be seen more often. And they usually have the more perfect life with the better photos. And they're also usually the ones that are getting more bullied. And if you go and try to say, Oh, you know, this person is so much better. They were courage, had a lot of courage to do what they did. Then you'll get bullied too. And it's just a spider web at that point. Um, and, and, but so, yeah, and social media itself isn't bad, but they do bad things. Yeah. But we're doing bad things, too. Oh, yeah. We're like, <laughs> we, like we, it is awful. Like, like I was kind of my past. I gravitate towards the toxicness because mm-hmm. I'm trying to feed that. And, and you know, people yeah. people do that. So maybe just, I say, take a break mm-hmm. on it. So those are the few things that 100%. we say don't do. What are the things that we should do? Highly suggest journaling. So I, I go off of something called bullet journaling. Um, you literally journal everything. 
you're making schedules, you're keeping track of goals, you're doing all kinds of things, and it's all about bullets. Think of like a Word document if you're making bullets and bullet points and whatnot. Um, you can use it for any number of things uh, or everything like I do. I highly encourage that because then you'll start having the ability to write down faster. You'll have a single place to write all those things down. You'll keep your grocery list or whatever there. Um, you'll have those dark moments written down. You'll have those good moments written down. So it's not any one thing. Like if you get depressed and write down in a journal and that's the only time you write down in the journal, that journal is going to be awful. Yeah. Yeah. You go back to it later. You're like, man, I'm getting depressed just reading this now. Right. Um, so I, I definitely highly recommend journaling. So you, you talked about, uh, goals too Mm -hmm. on that, right? Mm -hmm. Like big goals, small goals, both, um, like weight goals. If you, if you're trying to exercise daily and whatnot, uh, a part of bullet journaling is like having, uh, monthly goals and having a, uh, sheet it's basically two pieces of paper um you put down your calendar and you have your your different goals kind of highlighted and you have through your 30 31 spots or whatever and you mark down that you exercise and you can see how many times you exercised or you can write down the your weight every day or how often ever you want to do it or maybe you want to read every day right you want to get smarter or whatever and, and you have this this plan uh and then you can track it through these monthly bits and then you have your daily logs as well. So you can see all the stuff that you go through on your day and then you have your one-off stuff. So if you're having a moment, you can make a page for that. If you're having a meeting, you can make a page for that. If you're buying a house, you can make a page for that. Um, and then at the beginning of the book, you have an index, just like a table of contents and you write everything down and you just keep these things, um, and get new ones as you need them. Yeah, I would, I would, I like, I like how you mentioned that too, because now you got big goals and you also got your daily goals, like Mm -hmm. you were saying, and that's actually, there's science behind that, Mm -hmm. where if we complete things and we see progress and success, we feel better. 100%. Yeah. A lot of that dopamine and all that good stuff, I forgot all the other ones, but it, it gets released into our body and we feel a lot better with, you get that balance. Mm-hmm. back and we finally like you know what i think i could i could keep going yeah yeah i could i just accomplished three things yeah i think yeah. i can complete this whole entire thing by the end of the month or whatever that that case is exactly. um we do feel a lot better when we see progress yeah absolutely i i would definitely i'm gonna second that like journaling huge um getting your thoughts down on paper there's something about it that's just it gets it out um because both of y'all do it. Yeah. Yeah. Right? Oh yeah. 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 Um, yeah. I um, I have done it for years now. Um, started doing it when I was bored in school when I was like eighteen. Um, when I was in college. Um, and it just like I felt like at sometimes I just needed a release, and it just it helped in so many ways, and it helps to look back on them too because I see how far I've come and some of the things that I've gotten through and just where I'm at now. So it could be pretty encouraging um, just to to look back, but also just to get it out. Um, I had times in my life where I've been just really bad. And the reason I said like isolating is probably the worst thing you could do is because I've done it. I know that from experience, like, okay, this doesn't work at all. <laughs> Don't do. <laughs> yeah. um, but in that, a lot of times, um, 
if I didn't feel like I had anyone I could talk to, I would go to journaling. And while it might not have been as good as having people to do it with me and go through it with me, it was at least getting it out. Um, so I think there's significance in getting it out. It makes them, it makes them real. You can't ignore them. Yeah. Right. If they're, if they're staring you at the face, like you can't ignore that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. They're on paper. Yeah. Oh, a hundred percent. But, um, yeah, I've got a whole, I, I, I wrote a list in, in like five <laughs> minutes of all the things that, um, that have helped me in, in dealing with this and I'll go in kind of an order that I think is appropriate. Like I, this one might not be the easiest thing to do, but like community I think is huge. Um, yeah. building that community, which can be tough, um, but having a Christian community of people that really care about you, which is again, a very hard thing to accomplish. Um, but that has been so huge. Like how does someone do that? Um, for me it's, um, so I've actually, I've actually got some in, in writing the things that helped me. Um, I've got some things that I think work in getting a Christian community. Like first off, seek it out. Um, find a church like if you're if you're a believer like you should be part of a church i think that's the point of church to go and have those people to encourage and support you um one thing i wrote down here is treating others better like um so luke 6 31 um where jesus says do unto others as you would want them to do to you um i think you'll notice like when you treat people differently when you really listen to people people want to listen to you most people tend to reciprocate so when you treat people a certain way, like if basically like if I, if I come and I'm mean to everyone in the room, like no one's going to really ultimately want to be nice to me um, just from that. But like if I come around and I'm treating people different, I'm like, hey, how are you? And I'm really listening to what they've got going on and I'm trying to help in any way I can. And I'm there to pray for them and I'm there to try and work with them through the through it. And I'm there to like sit with them in it. Um I think it creates a difference in people. They see that you do it different and it makes them comfortable to feel that it's okay to do it different. And they don't want to see you struggle. Like you're the person that helped You're a person that was willing to help them whenever they were down. So they're like, I can't just leave this person down now. Like that's a good point. Yeah. Like people tend, I feel like people generally tend to want to reciprocate things. So I think that's, that's a huge part of it. Um, so another thing I wrote down is serving. Like when you get out of yourself, um, sometimes, sometimes it, it makes, this is one of those that I feel like on the surface seems to make no sense. It's like one of those one plus one equals three. It's like, I don't know how that math added up, but when you serve someone else, who's especially someone who's struggling, when you're able to help someone else, it gives you a sense of purpose. It gives you a sense of belonging. So like, um, for example, like just going and, uh, volunteering for some, something like, I, I don't know, let's say for example, like a soup kitchen, like you'll see other people and like people will be thankful, but you'll be in, able to enjoy the activity of doing it. It'll get you out of your own head. And if you see people that are just excited and happy to get food, it might get you out of your own head. Like mm-hmm. that's very interesting because like you were saying, when you, when you get out of your own head, like those people tend to think we all tend to think this, we're like, 
I need help though. Yeah. You know, I need this. But like you're saying, when you serve, you're like, I actually have purpose. Like that person just smiled and like that just made their whole day, yeah. if not week. Sometimes and, to make myself feel better, I buy people coffee. And while, it's, while I'm serving, I'll just next time. <laughs> okay. I'll, text me. It's, yeah. it's so funny though. Cause like it's on one hand, it, it is a great thing to do for other people, but it, it can be in the weirdest way, kind of self-serving. Cause we can't, we, you feel that purpose. Like you are there and you're putting smile, smiles on people's faces. Like you're helping people and you, you get to see like, mm-hmm. okay, like, despite whatever problem I've got going on, I'm still able to help this person. I'm still, I still am doing something that matters. Like this is important. This is significant to this other person. And this, this gives me, um, joy to do this. It, it, besides taking you out of, like, it's, it's a thing that has like a couple of elements to it. Like, it's not just like, Oh, I'm out of my head, but it's also like, look at what I'm doing. Like I'm helping this other person that needs it and they care about it. Like there's, there's a lot of elements that help as far as serving goes. So that's a good one. Yeah. yeah. That's a good one. Um, so some of the other ones I've got, um, you had kind of touched on it before is like music. Um, I would say that one's one to be careful with. Um, I, at this point in my life, I always tell people I listen to Jesus music, um, which is pretty much like K-Love, Air One. Like I listen to different artists that are talking about Jesus because it's that music that's kind of going to lift you up. And I've, I say this again from experience, I've gone down the other route. I've listened to other music that um, I used to be a huge rap and hip hop fan. And most of that music made me want to be like, all right, I should beat the heck out of someone now because I'm mad. Like, let me uh, let me go uh, yell at this person and like take it out on this person or steal from this person because I feel wronged. And um, so with music, I think it's it's one to be with an asterisk, make sure it's the right music, make sure yeah. it's music that is in some way helpful. Um, and that's, yep. like I said, mine would be Jesus music. Um, and to tie right into that, like worship, worship helps a ton. Um, mm-hmm. That also gets you way out of yourself. Like you're focused on God. And when you focus on God, it makes it easier. And in that, um, we'll just keep tying ones in. Like in that prayer comes right there. Like you're focused on God. You're talking to God about what you have going on. And like Mike said, like, it's just like writing it down. You've put it right in front of your face. You're like, God, I'm struggling with X, Y, Z. And you're like, Oh, can't deny it now. I just told God, like, it's right, (laughs) right there. We've got it (laughs) right here. That's an amazing tie to journaling Mm -hmm. where, where you just journaled then you go listen to positive music mm-hmm. and maybe even worship music. Then you're praying to God and say, look, I just wrote this down. I am struggling with X, Y, and Z, God. I'm yeah. reading it out from my journal. God, I'm, this is what I'm dealing with. And then you thank him, like, thank you for all the other things that you have given me. Like, you just switched the whole mindset mm-hmm. right then and there from negative to positive. And we are creatures that are influenced by the things around us. So when we listen to negative music, we're going to be negative. Yeah. Like you rap, you're going to turn aggressive. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so when you listen to worship, you're going to be more thankful with an open heart, mm-hmm. a soft heart. Oh, yeah. That was really good. 
Yeah. But yeah, those, yeah, those are some of the ones I've got. Um, and then I feel like these, these ones are cool. Um, I'll go, I'll go with the last one here. Cause I feel like they're, they're almost different categories. Like the last one I would say in this one is like scripture, reading scripture. It's super helpful. Like you look at stories of Job, um, look what his friends did for him. They just sat with him. Um, after just sitting with him for days, which honestly, like, it sounds like they just sit and li- sat and listened and he didn't really have anything to say at that point. So they just sat with him for days. I, I feel like that was a great example of friendship. And then they, they had, they're not so great moments where they, they were kind of telling him he must've did something wrong, but there's examples in the Bible of things over and over again. And, um, it's how we learn who God is. And there is, um, we'll probably segue into this later, but there are so many, so many scriptures, maybe not so much about depression, but they talk about people's stories, but there's so much about joy and happiness and how to get there. Um, so switching into, these are actually more, um, I don't want to call them secular, but they're, they're not Jesus focused. Um, but they're also like very good tools, I think. Um, things that I've continued to use even with, in conjunction, because I don't think any of these things should be used just one thing. Like, I don't want to say like, just pray. That's it. Yeah, <laughs> That's yeah, the only yeah. one. Don't do these others. Cause I feel like every one of these has helped me at different times. And there's sometimes where like I'm upset or whatever. And like, you tell me to pray and I'm like, get away from me. <laughs> I, the last thing I want to do is pray right now. <laughs> like, like there's sometimes where it's just hard or like reading scripture. Like there's sometimes where it's like, I don't want to think right now. Like I just, I just want to kind of fall apart right now. Um, so, um, here, here, are my, some of my things that I think are really good that, um, that are just ways that have helped me. Um, one is just exercise, like moving around, like getting up, walking around, mm. like sometimes just being out doing something. Um, it's true. Like you get the being blood active, flowing, yeah. you actually get out, um, and you get those chemicals back into a flowing motion mm-hmm. too. And then you're taking care of yourself. Mm-hmm. If you got some hygiene too, I mean, it's surprising, but it goes yeah. a long way. Oh mm-hmm. yeah. Cause you don't take care of yourself when you're in depressed right. stage. Yeah. You just don't. And then when you finally take a shower, you get out, you get some sun, it makes a difference. And, and how, I will add to that saying that a lot of the, our, our issues, those of us that have the chronic versions of this stuff, it is all chemical imbalances. And exercising does help rebalance and, and reset th- some things. So that is absolutely a great suggestion. Granted, yeah. in my depressive states, I, I don't want to move. Yeah. I, and <laughs> I, I think like, like I just said, like, I think that's such a good thing to say. Like there's sometimes where like eight of the things on this list, maybe all the things on this list is like, I don't want any of those. Yeah. <laughs> Get those away from me. Like, and that's true though. You, yeah. you got a list there in, in when you're depressed, you don't want to do those. I don't yeah. want to pray. I don't want to. I don't want to be around anybody. I don't yeah. want to take in healthy music. I don't even want to work out. Mm-hmm. But when you do, man, it goes. It goes a long way. It does. Yeah. And I mean, I think there's something so important in that. Like, um, I've had times in my life where it was just, I didn't want to journal. I didn't want to do any of these things. It was just, I'm just gonna <laughs> curl up and and cry. I'm a ball out like on the pillow right now. Like it's, uh. <laughs> that I had it um, 
recently where it's like sometimes it's okay to, it's okay to just yell yeah. <laughs> like maybe not in like a crowded supermarket <laughs> like go some, do this with discretion let me let me put like an asterisk on this like be be mindful of where you're doing this um movie me. theaters yeah. movie theaters yell <laughs> two o'clock in the morning right you're sleeping yeah. i dare you <laughs> oh god no but no it's it's true getting that frustration out maybe verbally it's it's um mm-hmm. just get it out yeah like um one thing that's always um one thing i miss being here in texas like in new york i was I lived on Long Island. And I was very close to beaches. I was always like 30 minutes, usually yes. the most away from a beach. So like sometimes like a lot of times, a big thing for me, um, going back to the exercise used to be basketball. Like when I could just go on the court and just not think of anything and just focus on that, it helped a lot. But next to that, um, so many times was just the beach. Um, and it was cause a lot of times like you could go there, especially in the winter and no one's really there and or no one's that close to you and i had spots that i knew that i i could be and be kind of alone which which is funny i talked about not isolating before (laughs) there's there's a healthy balance of being by yourself taking some time to yourself um versus like being out with people like you don't need people around you 24 7 you will go nuts i promise (laughs) um so there there, is a healthy way of 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 doing that Mm -hmm. and so there's sometimes you are, and then sometimes you're feeding that depression too when you're alone. Yeah. yeah. So that that um, yeah, thinking a, about it is is big. Yeah. There's a very healthy balance that I don't think anyone's perfected, but there's yeah. there's a line there somewhere, and you want to be close to I guess the middle. Um, but yeah, like um, anyway, like if you're driving and you you could be somewhere where there's not really anyone there, like just yell, let it out. <laughs> yeah. Um, cry. There's, there's nothing wrong with that. And I think that's so important to say because so many men, especially men, are taught not to have emotion. We're, we're taught to be stoic and strong and tough. And it's as if um, going through emotion doesn't make you strong and tough. And that's not true. Yeah, it's that not is true. just not true. Um, so, I mean, if you can't do anything on this list, that's fine. Sometimes you could just let it out. And if you have someone that, this this is going to be a big trust one like you have to have close friends if you could really like fall apart in front of someone like it's because it's a tough thing to do um mm. but you could do that that's one thing you can do all alone just it's okay to fall apart <laughs> yep yeah. we had a we have a guy on the podcast not too long ago his name's chris um he's he's a cop and every, if everyone knows him he has a beard he's like this tall dude like muscular guy and uh he came to church crying one day because his daughter had to go through surgery heart surgery um but people think of him so much higher like that guy has courageousness this guy is still a manly man you Mm -hmm. know no one's going to think about this guy any less at all and we forget that at times yeah we're like i don't want people to see me weak in fact, no one's going to think you're weak. <laughs> yeah. In fact, if you do that, people embrace you, you're going to walk out so much stronger. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now you got people who understand or at least acknowledge that you are hurting. Now you got people calling you, praying for you, all that stuff. It's to make it known is does not make you weak. Yeah. It makes you way more stronger. 
And I think, I think that's a huge tie into like just community. Like if your community doesn't know you're hurting, what are they supposed to do? Like how, how, how can I help you if I never knew you were hurt? Like there I've, I've heard like of people, um, that commit suicide and like their friends are shocked and and that that's like, yeah. He would just, never do that. She yeah. would never do that. Yeah, it's like it's like yeah. they were happy, yeah. or th- their friends just have no clue. And I, I can't imagine that feeling, like just being like this person. I thought they were okay. Like what? And why wouldn't they tell me? Why didn't they just let me know? Like I would have done anything to help yeah. them through it's it. Like, I would have answered that call. Yeah. If they would have called, I would have. I would be sitting and, and listening to them for hours, days, mm-hmm. rather than having to go to their funeral. Yeah, 100%. So I'll, I'll add to that community bit too. Like one of the great things about being in a church is uh, there's life groups available. Um, and if you don't know what that is, you know, see your church uh, desk and, and talk about life groups and, and get connected. But basically what it is, is it, it's a pre-built community for you. Yep. Um, and you get plugged in there and they're Basically, you do life together. You get into little support groups, and if they don't have a phone tree or a, uh, a men's group or something inside of there, then um, you know, suggest it, put it together, and and you know, basically, you'll end up with people that you can trust and count on to be there for you. You'll meet up weekly, biweekly, monthly, whatever, um, and then you'll have guys you can count on. You have uh, an instant support group to build on and learn and, and grow with and all that good stuff. Um, it is a, it is an absolutely beautiful thing. Um, I lean on mine a lot. Evan's a part of mine. Well, yeah. it was, we just disbanded a little bit and restructured. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but it's, it's very important, you know, and, uh, go to your local church, go on their website, you know, all that stuff. There's groups mm-hmm. in almost every single church. Absolutely. Just get plugged in with me. I would, if you're in a depressive state um, and you're first looking for help, the first thing I would do, and if you're a believer or if you're not a believer, same time, is to acknowledge the promises of Jesus. Jesus promised life to us. If When we acknowledge that Jesus gives us life and life abundantly, that's, that's what his, his will is for us. So when we, when we notice that, and we're like, well, it says in um, John 10.10, 10, the thief comes to only steal, kill, and destroy. But I came that they may have life and have it abundantly. See, God wants us to have life abundantly, and we need to acknowledge that. We need to understand that's his will. So now we got to figure out, how do we have life abundantly? We have to give that to him. We have to give our whole life to him. He wants us to also have comfort. When we realize that Jesus gives us comfort, we have to surrender everything to him. We can't hold back. We can't take a little bit of our anxiety, our, our troubledness, and also get comfort mm-hmm. in, in the same time, because it's contradicting. You have to give it to him. See, in Matthew eleven twenty eight, he says, Come to me, all who labor and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Jesus says to people in Matthew 
11, that I will give you rest. That's not, I might give you rest. <laughs> yeah. right? Maybe is like on Wednesday at 6 p.m. You come here, I'll give you a little bit of rest. <laughs> Only the, the twenty first 20 people. Yeah, yeah. first, first 20, 20 people. I don't have time for all of your problems. <laughs> but he, he, uh, this, is, this is open to anybody. I will give you rest. See, in Psalms 23.3, which Psalms 23 is very well known, part of it says that he refreshes my soul author of Psalms 23, I believe is David. I think so. I think it's Psalm of David, but that's, that's such a good one that, yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, that's yes for for those people that we're talking to that like know what it's like to be depressed. Like it's, I'd pretty much equate it to the valley of the shadow (laughs) of death. I've never been to the valley of the shadow of death, which I hear is an actual place. Um, but, um, like an actual physical, physical place on a map. Um, Mm -hmm. someone told me that I, have not interesting check, fact yeah. check them on that but um <laughs> it felt like they were a trustworthy person so um anyway feel free to fact check me on that <laughs> um, but like the valley of the shadow of death in your darkest moments he's there yeah yeah in verse three part of that he says that he refreshes my soul so he replenishes my soul that is just heavy with just troubledness wow that's that's amazing that's that's a promise from God. So Jesus invites you to come to him. And how wonderful do we have a God who wants us? He doesn't need us, but he wants us. And he will give us rest. So anything else that I am seeking, that I think is going to give me rest, right? Like laying on the bed or sitting on the couch or something, watching some TV. How is it like at the end of that, I am still anxious? And I think I just rested for like a couple of hours. Mm-hmm. But in reality, I'm, I'm still stressed. My problems are still here. But when we surrender and give it to Jesus, I mean, that's, that seems for, for a non-believer really hard to do. But man, we've talked about this for a good hour now, about what that looks like and how crazy it does work when, when we serve other people when we sit still and pray to God, when we journal our issues, it's, it's amazing. It's powerful, and it does work. We just have to seek it, actually go for things that are joyful, actually listen into the positiveness, and then pray. I'm struggling, but thank you. Thank you for this day. And, hey, we don't want to do that. We've, <laughs> we've said that several times. We don't want to do that. We don't want to seek out positiveness or try to help us. We want to be isolated and build this toxicness of it. Yeah. And that goes into uh, Peter five, six through eight as well. So humble yourselves, therefore under the mighty hand of God, so that the proper time he may exalt you, casting all of your anxieties on him because he cares for you. Be sober minded, be watchful, your adversary, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion seeking someone to devour. Um, so you're just, you know, bottling all that up and not giving it to, to God is allowing you to uh, be devoured. And that's all it is. Um, you know, all that depression, all that anxiety, all that build up and all that, you know, you'll end up with hate. You'll end up with all that good stuff. And it just makes it so much easier to just keep going down. 
Mm-hmm. Um, and that's what he's looking for. That's what our adversary is looking for. Yeah, our our God is so good. Um, in Ephesians six, one of the armors of God is a shield, mm-hmm. and God is a shield. And I believe in Psalms four, um, we're able to go under His shield for protection. He is our God. He, how powerful He is! He made the universe, and He cares for us. Yeah, we must be like this non-existent little speck on the on a map of the universe, and He He is very personal. He knows us. He knows exactly what we're going through. He's God. He omniscient knows everything man we just need to come to him and and talk to him 100 percent, 100 percent. i i yeah we we gave a lot of our own practical advice and i think it's so important now like as we're going into scripture there's so much um as i said uh that's said on it on the subject and so much in the bible it talks about happiness um joy rejoicing um Psalms 119, um, Psalms 119, 14, it says, um, I rejoice in following your statutes as one rejoices in great riches. Mm. In verse 16, I delight in your decrees. I will not neglect your word. I delight in your decrees, what God has said for us to do. I delight in that. Um, in verse 35, it talks about delighting in his commands. 47, again, delighting in God's commands. Um, I believe this was a Psalm of David as well. Um, I'm not 100% sure, but it says because this this person that wrote the Psalm loves God's commands. Um, in Proverbs 29, 18, it says, happy is he who keeps the law. And I think so many times we get caught in this thinking of the law is there as these strict rules that God has to hold us down like, Oh, God doesn't want me doing this. God doesn't want me doing this. God, God wants you to live a full and abundant life. He's over and over again talking about our joy. Um, in Romans 15, 13, it talks about prayers for filling up with joy. In John 16, 24, it talks about full joy. Um, Proverbs 16, 20 again, happy is he that trusts the Lord. Um, God is working with us. He gives us these things to give us an abundant life. Um, happier are those whose God is the Lord. Psalm 144, 15. Ecclesiastes 2, 24 talks about how our lot, our lot in life and how we can enjoy life. Um, in John 15, 11, Jesus talks about giving us completeness of joy. And in Psalm 16, 11, it talks about getting fullness of joy. Like he gives us these commandments, he gives us his word. And I think that's the importance in being in scripture, um, a significant amount. I I would say daily, I do it daily because you learn God's heart and you learn what he wants for you. These commandments aren't to hold us down there to give us life abundantly. The life to be lived in God's presence is, is a path of life. It's a path of enjoyment. It's, I don't think Jesus walked around with this life like, oh, I got to do my father's will today. (laughs) that's gonna be rough get ready disciples we're gonna have a terrible day (laughs) like i don't think that's what it was i think he had a lot of fun like he his first um miracle um well i believe his first miracle was the water into wine and he was at a wedding he's probably dancing he was probably i feel like jesus had a great time i feel like he enjoyed this life like we don't get to like I feel like he had a great time and god rejoices in us he loves us he 
it is his good pleasure to do good things for us. So he wants us to have that. And we, we mess that up by thinking, I, I think I know better than God. I probably know yeah. better. This, this fruit on this tree, that snake told me it's delicious. And that snake looks trustworthy. <laughs> that God that gave me all the things that I have, he gave me all these other trees. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. The snake said I shouldn't trust that guy. <laughs> like, I mean, we get, we get caught in these lies and it's just like, we think we know better. And it's just, it's not the truth. Yeah. Hundred percent, and and I'll follow up with Proverbs twelve twenty five. Anxiety in a man's heart weighs him down, but a good word makes him glad. Um, you know, it's a good word. It's not the word, right? They're not yeah. talking about the Bible. It's just literally talking about a compliment. It's literally just talking about talking to each other. Um, so that that supports like everything that we've been talking about here today. Matthew six twenty five through thirty four. I'm not going to read that whole thing. But as Jesus is talking about us being anxious and ends with, therefore, do not be anxious about tomorrow, for tomorrow will be anxious for itself. Um, and, and so on and so forth. There, there's so much in the Bible. And, and some of that, I mean, even being anxious, if you read that, you're like, oh, yeah, that's true. <laughs> right? you, can't, you can't deny that, even with chronic anxiety. Like, you can't turn that stuff off. But then it's like, that's going to to help you just like kind of re-put yourself in perspective and whatnot. Just reading the Bible, being in the word, worshiping, all that good stuff. It's all about perspective and putting it out into the universe and making the, your, your thoughts real. Because when they're bottled up, they're not real and they're way more dangerous that way. Yeah, I mean, the Bible's not for us to read it one time. Yeah. And say, yep, got it, done. Done, you know, check. <laughs> yes, it's, it's a reminder. Yeah. You know, it's something that we have to continue to remind ourselves every day don't be anxious tomorrow's gonna have its own anxieties don't worry yeah you know it's an everyday reminder mm. and i think uh we, we just touched on something else that i had uh written down here to um perspective change the way you look at things um try and look at things differently like um i've heard it explained very well um you could be two people could be at the same party and have a completely different experience Mm -hmm. um let's say for example there's this group gossiping and they're just talking trash about everyone they're talking bad about everyone and they're having a miserable time at the party they're complaining about literally everything they could find they're sitting there they're having a terrible time there's this other group of people that's just in the corner there's three of them they're they're dancing they're having a ball they're talking with their friends there they're hanging out eating cake eating cake. cake they're yeah. having a yeah. great time while while this other group's having a terrible time so these two people that these two groups they were in the same party why did they have such a different experience didn't have cake <laughs> didn't have because <laughs> one it's maybe because they didn't have cake yeah <laughs> but because one chose to see it in a different light one chose to see it in in a harsh light like uh, they, mm. they just chose to look at it differently they saw it in a different way um and I think so many times it could be like that. We think, um, for example, for me, I was supposed to go on a mission trip this week that didn't work out. Um, I was not happy about this. Um, but I could take it and pout all week about how I missed out on a mission trip. Or I could turn it around and I could say, all right, there's there's something better. Let's 
let's enjoy this week. Let's see what I've got on tab for this week. Like, what can I do this week that I could still enjoy? What could happen that could still be fun this week? I could be on a podcast. (laughs) (laughs) But but that was not a plug at all, right? (laughs) Um, But yeah, no, there's so many ways we could look at things. And I feel like so often we take the easy route of like, yeah, no, this stinks. And like, we want to sit and cry about it. And while there's, there's, you're allowed to feel however you want to feel, but like, are, are you going to sit there in every situation and look for what can make you upset about it? Or are you going to look at like, how is, is there a positive spin on this? Is there a way I could get, how can I get through this? How could this maybe make me stronger? How could I take this terrible thing that happened and choose it to live my life better? I had, um, a friend that passed away about two years ago and, um, the last phone call I had with her was, um, a great phone call, but like it, it wasn't long enough. And I, I've thought back on that of like, I, she died, um, younger than, than I would have expected. Like we didn't expect her to be gone basically the next week, um, after that phone call. And like, one of the things that I took from that, even though it was, it was like just hard to go through, just hard. Um, is, is you don't know how much time you have ever with anyone. So don't, don't hold on to things. Don't, don't be flipping about conversations. Cause you never know when your last conversation is going to be with someone like you, you, we don't, I don't know that I'm going to wake up tomorrow. I don't know that, um, my friends are going to wake up tomorrow. So don't waste that time that you have. Don't, don't miss out on that, those opportunities. So like your, your perspective is so huge in the way you see things like, even the worst things can have some sort of spin. And that's not saying like, um, if I have someone pass away, you should be like, like you should come to me and be like, well, at least they lived a great life or like try and put it like it was a positive thing, but you can take different things out of things. Like you could be stronger for different things. It's, there is a line there. I feel like, yeah, you do have your time to mourn, but like we said at the beginning, like, you, you also have to, you know, stay strong and, and carry on like that person probably didn't die so that you would be sad for the rest of your life. Mm-hmm. Like you have to move forward and, and celebrate their life too. Like, yeah, obviously grieve for them. Celebrating their life doesn't mean be, be, be happy about it. Um, but, uh, you know, mourn for them. And, and cherish all the moments that you had with them previous and, and move on like and keep them in your heart. Don't forget them. Moving on doesn't mean you're forgetting them. Um, but again, move on. Yeah. Yeah, I got um, so I, I keep going back to my list. <laughs> <laughs> I, I actually missed one um, that. And it was a good thing. Like I, I had a pen here and I was checking these things off as I went and I was like, Oh, that's not checked off. How did I miss that? One? <laughs> um, I got something that I was telling, uh, Mike and Evan before, um, just memorizing verses is pretty cool. Um, Jesus's way of fighting back against Satan when he's in the desert, um, is it is written. He, he tells Satan what's in the Bible and Satan tries to twist it and use it against him. But he, he over and over again, just talks about the word of God and, uses that to combat Satan. And, um, one thing I've done that has helped me, um, I've battled myself with depression for years. Um, there were six years of my life on and off where I was battling with it. Um, mostly because of a, a sports injury that 
left me in pain daily and I didn't know how to cope with that. And there, there were a lot of things to it. Um, I won't get into my whole story right now. Um, but, um, one thing that I've done to just keep me in a different perspective to continue to change my perspective. I have three verses that I go through, like literally first thing when I wake up before I do anything else, before I brush my teeth. So my breath is kicking. (laughs) I've got, (laughs) I've got these verses that I'm putting myself in a different perspective. And it's, um, Philippians 4, 4, rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again, rejoice. Like it's just rejoicing always in, in the Lord and what he's done for you. Psalm 118, 24, the Lord has done it this very day. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. So like God did it today. Like he made today, he gave us everything we have today. Like let's rejoice and be glad. Um, and then this one's a tougher one, James 1, 2. Um, it's... Um, Wow, I do this every day, and still sometimes it takes me a second. (laughs) Um, Consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds. Um, And it's just, that one's a heavier one, because it's it's not, you're not getting excited or happy because it's in in tough times. Whenever you face trials, Mm. he's talking about, like, so... And he says this because he uh, it produces perseverance is is how that finishes out. Um, but it's it's one of those things rejoicing in trials. Like he's talking about like when you're struggling, rejoice. <laughs> like that that's a that's an interesting concept. But it's those three I feel like that that have helped me each morning. Like and and this like I said, it's not that one time Bible reading where it's like all right check did it. It's like every day I remind myself of this because I, I forget. <laughs> I forget. Mm. And sometimes I'll wake up, I'll do that. And two minutes later, I'll be brushing my teeth and thinking about some crap, <laughs> thinking about something not good. So like it, it's not to say it's a perfect solution, but these are things that help me. And I'll go with my last thing here is um, positive self-talk. Like um, we all have our own voices in our head. We, we talk to ourselves throughout the day, whether we want to admit it or not. Um, what are we saying to ourselves? Like, are we telling ourselves over and over that we're not good enough, that we can't do this, that we're, that we're not going to be capable? Like, what if we switched one of those words? What if we were just, just paid attention to the things that go on in our own mind? Um, it'll change one, what we say to ourselves and two, what we say to others. Like if you're thinking over and over again in your mind, like, I don't think I could do this. There's no way I could do this. I probably can't do this. You're not going to do it (laughs) because you've already told yourself 10 times that you can't do it. And if you believe you can't do it, what are you telling your kids? What are you telling your friends? Yeah. I guarantee you, you're not telling them all that they can do it. When, when you've told yourself a hundred times, you can't, you you think you're going to have that positivity for them. Like it's, we need to pay attention to the things we're doing and be very intentional about the way we talk, the way we talk to ourselves, the way we talk to others, the way we, the way we do things, our whole lifestyle. I believe following God is, is not this, this one thing. It's not going to church. It's not praying. It's not scripture reading. It's not, it's not one thing. It is an entire lifestyle. It is a whole life change and it, it doesn't end. <laughs> it never ends. It's a continuing thing because life continues. Life, life does not stop. Um, so I think we need to be be paying attention to all the things that we're doing. Um, what are we saying to other people? What are we saying to ourselves? And don't beat yourself up over the little things. Start make make little changes. Um, may, maybe look at yourself in the mirror and tell you tell yourself like you did a good job at something. Like like you did great at that. Like that was a difficult situation. You handled it well. Like not not to puff yourself up or get arrogant. Just like 
you tell yourself a hundred negative things, a hundred, everyone in your, not everyone in your life, but tons of people in your life, your boss, um, your friends, tons of people will tell you things that aren't great about yourself. Like why not give yourself a little bit of a pep talk? I think in this life we need cheerleaders <laughs> like no, and no one wants to be one like i joke with people all the time like um i used to do it with my friend at um my job i was like i was like do you need a cheerleader because i will sit here and <laughs> give me some pom-poms and i will do this for free like <laughs> 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 like imagine that like if someone was like celebrating like who you were like if i told you evan like you're doing great today like i'm proud of you like mike you're doing awesome today like go you <laughs> like, yeah. like those little things and like be genuine about it. Don't like BS yourself. Like don't just be like, you're, you're the greatest person in the world. Always (laughs) like give genuine compliments. Like it's, it makes life better. It makes life more fun. Like I've seen people light up from it. Like the simplest things, like when you ask someone how they're doing and like they tell you how they're doing and be like, well, that's awesome. Like, I'm glad you're doing well. Like it's happy. I'm happy to hear that. And like, I hope you continue doing well. Like, what do you got going on this week? And like, when they tell you what they've got going on, be like, oh, that's awesome. Like, I'm so happy to hear that. Like those little things that we miss all the time. Cause I feel like it's so many little things that change the big things. Um, it's not making this one monstrous change that changes your life. It's making hundreds of little changes that radiate light throughout, like that radiate Jesus throughout that show people what it's like to be a Jesus follower. Yeah. There's my rant. Amen. <laughs> well done. Yeah. <laughs> there we go. We got okay. it working. There's only one thing I can think that can follow that, and that's our closing prayer. All right. Let's go. <laughs> All right. Lord, thank you for our conversation. Thank you for just the things that you're doing in our life that we don't even know it. Lord, help us remind Remind us that you are working. I know we get tied up in some negative thoughts, Lord, but I want to change our perspective and and thank you. Thank you for being our God. Thank you for sending your son to die on the cross. Lord, help us focus back onto you. Help us serve. Help us in our hurting. Lord, we thank you. We praise you. It's in your name, Jesus. Amen. Amen.